Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now today I am going to share with you my top 10 gardening hacks. These are gardening hacks that I used or have used to great effect in the past. Of course, if you've got any gardening hacks, I'd love to hear from you on those. But first, of course, we have the gardening and there's a bit of sad news coming up, but it gets better. Today is Saturday the 25th of June 2022 and I'm at home in my garden and I've got some rather sad news to start off but it does get better so bear with me please. Thursday around lunchtime I got a phone call from my wife who um, unfortunately informed me that Papa Dom, my white chicken, the variety is amber, had passed away. We, um, It was quite sudden I've got to say the least because uh, the day before she was absolutely fine and in fact even Thursday morning she was fine. We think that she had choked on something unbeknown to us and and it really, really quite sad as you can imagine. And I, when I finished work I obviously dealt with a carcass but Bear, my very old chicken, seven years old now, was on her own and chickens do not like being on their own. Last time I brought two new chickens, which brought us up to three, and I said I would always have three. We always had a plan to get some more chickens in the next couple of weeks. Well, this meant that yesterday I accelerated these plans on and I went and got two new chickens to go in with Bear. Now, now I brought them home yesterday in a little dog crate, which I put them in the run with Bear inside the dog crate so they were protected, get them used to each other, and then overnight covered them so they were nice and safe. Today I've separated the two run areas off, so bears in one area and the new chickens are in this newer area. And that means that they can start acclimatising to each other. We've got about two weeks of this before they can finally go together. But Bear seems to be a bit more interested and a bit happier, as does Roxy, as you can hear her barking behind me. Overall, I've got to say, Roxy is excited with these new chickens, but once the novelty's worn off, she checks on them, she keeps guarding them. But she's not really that fussed by them like you would expect with dogs. They, they, she's pretty good with them, I've got to say. Anyway, these two new chickens are now in their home and I've spent the mornings getting them all set up, monitoring them and keeping an eye on how they interact with each other and just keeping a good check on them, giving them plenty of feed and water. They seem to have settled in so far quite nicely. Of course, as I say, we've got two weeks before they finally get used to going with Bear. While I was doing that, my wife was busy in our garden pruning back a lot of the climbers and things that we have. Now, on our neighbour's side, they have a climber which tends to work its way right over our fence and gets pretty big at times. So she cut that down, which gives us more compost material, which I'm really, really grateful for. She's also cleared out quite a few more weeds and, and things like that while, while we were tending to the chickens, which, again, this is all compost material. Got the lawnmower out and run over all these bits with the lawnmower to chop them up nice and small and get them into the compost bin. And that's filled our compost bins up again nicely. We've got, we're running out of space in our compost bins, believe it or not, but everything is coming together really nicely. And I like having full compost bins because I will use all the compost in these. 
Now it has been dry recently, so I did spend this evening watering the garden thoroughly. Watering can as always, because it, it's uh, I prefer watering cans compared to hose pipe. But a lot of our pots, a lot of our, our beds are just dry. We haven't had rain. I can't remember last time we had rain. It has been a while. So I spent a good hour with several watering cans, watering everything, getting it all really well drenched and just getting it ready to go. I have been watering in the morning, but I think sometimes it's just too, just been so dry, they need a real thorough drenching. So that is what I've been up to today, mainly evolving around getting the chickens used to their new home. Now, as I've said in the intro, this week I've got some gardening hacks that I want to share with you, and it comes in two parts. And this is the first part of my gardening hacks. Well, I'm going to break these gardening hacks up into two segments. And first of all, my favourite top tip is when it comes to planting out some of your plants. What I like to do is I measure my tools beforehand and I use my tools as a measure to know just how far apart I need to plant certain plants. For example, my trowel I know is 12 centimetres long, so I can use that as a, a measure when I plant out my garlic. It's the ideal size to get my garlic 12 centimetres apart. Added to that, my fork is the right size for planting out my onion sets and so on and so on. This for me has been a great time-saving hack and as well as enabled me just to get those measurements pretty much correct rather than trying to grab a tape measure. Now we could take this up a little step and if we have say a hoe handle, we could use that as a measure by making little marks all along the handle. If it's wood, of course, pencil, but if it's metal or wood, paint or even different colour insulation tape will just work just as well. This for me has been a great time saving tip. Now my next tip, labels. Labels, labels, labels. It's always so important to label your plants and particularly your seedlings. You'll never remember what you're going to do. So what I like to do, I uh, towards the end of the season, I find that the little white plastic labels are sold off pretty cheaply from garden centres or other gardening shops. In fact, you can usually get about 100 for 10 pence. Look around and I'm sure you will find them. But even if you, if you can't find any of those, cut up old yogurt pots or anything like that works just as well. But... What I find a lot of people struggle with is they mark it with a permanent marker, they plant out their plants, and that permanent marker either gets washed off or bleached in the sun. So my hack for this is a very simple one. Use a pencil. A pencil does not get washed off in the rain, it doesn't get bleached in the sun, and come the end of the season, I just use a little magic eraser to wipe it all down and clean everything up, and it leaves no pencil. And I can use that label for several years. In fact, some of my labels are about 10 years old. Now, added to that, what I also had a, had a bonus hack here. When I'm sowing seeds, I always write my label before I sow the seeds. That way it goes in and it's never forgotten or never not done. Just my little tip that I have for labels. Now my next tip is a, a pretty 
obvious one and it's something I have been preaching about and doing with great effect and that is going to my plots on a daily visit and doing a little and often. Now on the way home from work I generally stop off at the allotment and maybe only 20 minutes, half hour, I will do some weeding and water the ground. Now what I tend to do is try and break my allotment up into small areas, into fours should we say, into quarters. And I'll concentrate on one area one day, next area the next and move on all the way round until I've, I go all the way round and I keep repeating and repeating. Weeding and watering, 20 minutes, half hour and what I find is that that does really keep your allotment or your garden into a good state. And then come the weekend, when I have much more time on my hands, I can get on with the bigger jobs that take a lot more time. Another tip I have here is something else that I will often preach about. I pick out all my weeds, I throw them down on my lawn area, and then I get my lawnmower out and I run over those weeds to chop them all up. And this helps make composting much faster. Now, because I tend to try and pick all my weeds up before they flower, they're not likely to produce any seeds. Added to that, if there's any roots, I don't really want roots going into the compost heap either. So I try and keep those out somewhere separate. But all the green material, all the foliage, as long as there's no flowers or no seeds, then it does work quite nicely for this. Added to that, because we are chopping up the material, it tends to produce a hotter compost, which does kill off a lot of the seeds and a lot of other things that might still be growing in the compost. Now, things that are perhaps a bit harder than these green foliage, I highly recommend getting a shredder and running everything through a shredder. They can be noisy, they can be expensive, but it does enable us to produce some really good compost, really high quality compost, in a very short amount of time. Now my last tip for this segment will be back in just a moment with my next five. When I finish using my tools, I tend to try and pop them away so that they are never left hanging about going rusty or getting anything like that. So what I like to do before I pop them away, I go take them back to my shed and in my shed I have a bucket that I filled with sand and poured over some vegetable oil. I take my tools and I dip it into that sand and oil mixture and what that does cleans off any mud, cleans away any rust and also coats my tools in a layer of oil which means that when they're in storage they are less likely to rust. This for me means my tools last a long time but it also saves me a lot of time in having to clean them because then I just hang my tools back up and that's it, I am done. Right, that is my fifth tip. As I said, we'll be back in just a moment with a bit more, but first, let's find out what's been happening on the plot. It is Sunday the 26th of June 2022 today. It just occurred to me, we're very nearly at the end of June and into July. Now, uh, I'm down on the allotment, and during the week I have been down here quite often in the evenings on the way home from work. But one night this week, I'm down here picking, oh, basically I'm weeding, watering, and uh, one night my wife and Roxy walked down here to meet me, and we were picking some cherries and raspberries. 
And towards the side of our allotment, the council has let some of the grass get a bit long and wild. And I've noticed this a lot at the moment. I quite like it. I think it looks good and it's great for nature. But this week I suffered a downside. Roxy, unfortunately, while she was down here, got bitten by a tick. And she had an allergic reaction to it that it's quite literally her... uh, skin just swollen up like a golf ball I rushed her down to the vet dropping literally what we were doing and the vet managed to remove the tick and we um I gave her had to give her a course of steroids which I don't like I'll be honest I don't like but it was necessary for her now this has been the only negative I've got to say for this wildlife the vet also has now changed her flea and tick treatment so hopefully allowing these long grasses to grow won't be a problem in the future something I think if you're not up to, if you have a dog and you like these long grass, keep an eye out for ticks. Now today I came down to the allotment again and as I said just now, I've picked cherries and raspberries. We have got so many collections of cherries and raspberries in the freezer at the moment. We've probably got about five kilos of cherries I reckon. These are Morello cherries. I mentioned them last week saying they weren't quite ready but this week they really are ready and we have picked as I say about five kilos worth all de-pitted and in the freezer ready to make some cherry pies and things in the future. Being Morello cherries they're very sour and I've eaten a few raw they are really sour but I don't mind that. I quite like sour foods and sour cherries are one of those. After I've picked more of these cherries and raspberries, I've also picked some more strawberries and then I went into my garlic bed and harvested the autumn planted garlic. Now this is something I usually do around this time of year. We we harvest the garlic and then I place them in the greenhouse to dry for a couple of weeks so that they are good enough for storage. But I've heard a few people complaining that their garlic harvests haven't been great this year. And I put this down to the very dry spring that we had. I covered my garlic over with a mulch layer. I used strulch on this and I think that paid off. I'm a big believer in using mulches, as no doubt you know. But this strulch or grass clippings or whatever it may be, put on early enough, helped just keep that moisture in the soil. And it's led to not only some decent-sized garlic, not the best, but, you know, my usual, I would say, on average size garlic. But I've also got some really big onions, which I'm just waiting for the tops to fall over before I harvest those. So, yes, I, I think moving forward... Anytime I plant garlic, I will be mulching during the winter to lock in some of that moisture and produce some much better garlic. Now after that, I cut down some more comfrey and run over that with our lawnmower to make a real finely chopped up comfrey mulch. Now I've used this mulch in the greenhouse on my tomatoes and also on my potatoes. That way they will add a bit of feed. I've spoken so much about comfrey lately, I don't think I need to go into it again. But this is one of the methods that I use to use that comfrey in many ways as a mulch and as a feed. Well, I've got to say, I'm really happy with what we have growing here. As I say, the onions, the the autumn-planted onions are looking good. The beans are following. Now the garlic is empty. We're going to sow some peas into here once I've cleared out all the weeds and just made sure it's in a good condition. Well, I'm going to head on home now. But in the meantime, I want you to hear a few more of the gardening hacks that I've come up with. 
My next gardening hack is pretty topical at the moment. It's been pretty dry lately and many of our water butts are nearly empty. But rain is predicted and whenever rain is predicted what I like to do is to go out to my water butts and fill up as many of my watering cans or buckets with as much of that water from that water butt as I possibly can. Now what this does is it frees up more space in that water butt which means I can then have a more rainwater stored and ready to get me through the growing season. Trust me at the moment we're desperate for a bit of rain just to help us out. It's going to come, it's going to come. But if there's more space in the water butt, all the better. My next hack, get a piece of PVC pipe and use that to get water right down to the roots of some densely packed brushes such as gooseberries. So what I do, I take this PVC pipe and I stick it through the gooseberry bush. Gooseberries are quite thorny as no doubt you know and if you're trying to get water right down at the bottom, that densely packed foliage, those thorns can make it pretty difficult. This PVC pipe goes straight through, pour water into that and all the water then goes to the base of the plant and gets to the roots where the plant needs it. Best of all, I don't end up getting loads of thorns in my hands and the water gets to where it's needed. Weeds in paths and patios can be a bit of a problem. I know this is not strictly vegetable gardening, but if you're like me, you have paths and you hate weeds. I don't like to use weed killer at all. I try not to use the stuff. I've very, very, very rarely used weed killer in my lifetime. I hate the stuff. But in paths or patios, there's no other plants that might be affected by, by this hack. And that is, I use boiling hot water. Now the best thing I find is that if I make a cup of tea or coffee, I pop the kettle on, make my tea and coffee, that little bit of water that might be left in the kettle, I take that out to the weed, pour it over the weed, and within a few days, that weed will be dead and it will not be coming back because that boiling hot water has done a lot of damage. Now on my beds I like to have a piece of wood that fits the length of my gardening bed and this means I can use this piece of wood as a, a kneading place but also it makes a great straight line so I can do some nice straight rows of my vegetables. Now this piece of wood has been made specifically to fit on my beds and it didn't take long to make, it's so easy to do and the results speak for itself. Nice straight lines and also I'm not kneeling onto the beds. My final hack for today and I'm sure if you have any hacks then please do share with them with me as well. But my final hack is one I used to do all the time. I don't do it so much now because I've got root trainers. But what I used to do is, you know, the cardboard inners from your toilet roll. They are great for starting off certain plants. I used to do them really well for broad beans, sweet corn, etc, etc. Just simply place them into a tray, fill them up with compost, put your seed in and water. Once they start to grow or once they're ready to plant out, you just take that entire toilet roll winner and plant it straight in the ground. It's biodegradable, so it'll rot away and leave you with no trace. Very, very easy to do and such a simple thing. Best of all, 
it's free if you're using toilet roll like most of us are so there you go my top 10 hacks like i say please do share with me any of your hacks we will be talking about this on my sunday night live show that goes out on facebook and youtube if you want to come along and join that and share your hacks 6 p.m on sunday we go live every sunday it's a lot of gardening chat and this week we're going to be talking about gardening hacks right let's get back to the gardening it is Monday the 27th of June 2022 today, back in my kitchen. We've just eaten and uh, had a delicious dinner. Now, um, I'm just going to update you a little bit quickly. Your chickens, they seem to have settled in really well, actually. I've just put them away for the night. But they do seem to be enjoying their new home and settling in rather nicely and just... Um, getting used to their new surroundings. Roxy is of course playing around with them a little bit but not nothing too serious. Bear who is isolated from them at the moment anyway is also uh, curious with them but they're not ready to quite go together just yet so uh, never mind. Now other news I've had today on the allotment. For the last few years there's been a road being built alongside my allotment, this new access road should hopefully make getting in and out my town a little bit easier well five o'clock this evening that road opened my wife and i decided to have a trip down there and see where it went and it literally went to nowhere the other far end isn't quite completed that's going to take it down to the main road but this road just literally takes it to a new housing estate that is being built so quite funny but this the good thing I found I drove down it and I could see my allotment which I thought that's going to be really useful for keeping an eye on things over on my allotment but I'm also worried that when it really gets going and it's fully opened when I'm on the allotment it's going to get noisy and it's going to ruin my enjoyment of the allotment so it's something I'm keeping a, a close eye on as you know, we are trying to beat this cost of living crisis by growing our own food. And something we've been cooking this weekend is using the cherries that we've been harvesting from the allotment. What we've done, we've obviously brought cherries home, we've de-stoned them, we've put quite a few in the freezer. But my wife has also made some cherry scones and they taste absolutely delicious. And I'll add a recipe for how she made these on the blog post, of course, for this podcast. But to go with these cherry scones, we also made a very rough sort of cherry jam. And I'm using that term very lightly because it's not what I would class as a proper jam. But basically, we've just boiled up some of the cherries and added quite a bit of sugar to make a nice sort of lumpy cherry jam. And it's gone really nicely on top of our scones and I've got to say it's put these cherries to a lot of use and it's very 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 tasty even better that cherries are in season at the moment so we're going to be using those quite a bit for the foreseeable future well that brings us to the end of this week's podcast I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you have found my garden hacks useful but of course if you've got some garden hacks I would really like to know those as well if you want to get in touch, it's richard at thevegegrowerpodcast.co.uk for my email. Of course, you can find me on social media or you can visit the website at thevegegrowerpodcast.co.uk where you can leave a comment or leave a voicemail. Now, of course, 
If you have enjoyed this podcast and it's been of some use to you, then please consider supporting us. There's several ways you can do this. You can leave a review on your podcast app. That goes a long way to helping us get found easier and boosting the numbers. Secondly, you can become a member of our supporters club. Details on that on the vegetarianpodcast.co.uk as well. I charge £5 a month to be a supporting member. And for that, you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts and a collection of seeds sent straight to your door every month. And finally, we do have merchandise also available on the vegetarianpodcast.co.uk. Mugs, t-shirts, that sort of thing. So if that's of interest to you, please do go and check that out. Right, well that brings us up to the end of this week's podcast. We'll be back again next time, so until then, please take care.